the second time in 2018 this is the ozone i'm your host omar miller i'm here with my brother terry also known as the icons with a z if you ever want to pick a social media fight find him there because i'm there for you how you feel i feel like i'm ready to talk it up man you you la'd out you bang in la <laughs> right hard, hard. what's happening in la la. rams <laughs> semi jersey sweater vest ram time Blessed us with this. This is yeah. beautiful. Good looking Rams. You Thank had a good you, season. Uh-huh. If only you'd have given Todd Gurley the ball. Wouldn't would still be playing. We could still be playing. I've lost the studio. All right, I'm back. So we got a lot to cover. We've been away for a little bit. Sorry, folks. I have been busy. We've been working. We're working in the lab. We got a lot of content to push out to you people. And the podcast has uh, not been at the top of the list, but it will be henceforth now and forevermore. You have my word. We got a lot to cover. There's a very big fight taking place tomorrow night. Uh, Earl Spence, the, 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 young, the young gunner, the young gunner, Earl Spence is ready. And he's facing <laughs> Lamont Peterson. That big dummy. <laughs> I don't want to call you a big dummy. It's just a funny joke, folks. If you grew up in an African-American home and indulged in the fruits of Sanford and Son, then you know what we're talking about. You know about Lamont. <laughs> you big dummy Lamont. It's about a junk man who lives with his son and badgers his life and ruins his self-esteem by calling him a big dummy all the time. In modern times, you could never call someone a big dummy all day. <laughs> but in 1975, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was a great child you rearing. Case, huh? You catch your case down there. Man, they'll take your kids. Try to bring the kids down so we got earl spence looking to put hands on lamont peterson peterson is looking to make a comeback because he actually used to be a really good fighter he looked good he looks good now yeah he looks really good yeah this, i it, think there's gonna be a competitive fight i think so too but earl spence is he is it's Up strap and season and he's young and hungry and actually he put uh uh danny garcia and keith thurman on blast for ducking him and we'll get to that good. we got uh nfl playoff football happening how about them Jags? Last year, Trucker Dave said that it was Blake Bortles' year, and he was a year too early. And it's uh, very interesting to see that the the final four quarterbacks, three of the four are not people that you would expect to be there. That's true, true story. Yeah, we got Major League Baseball. The hot stove finally heated up. The San Francisco Giants are trying to make some action happen to make the National League West competitive, even more so than it was. They picked up some big sticks. Andrew McCutcheon. Man, and Longo. It's Compton and Long Beach up there now. They just need to get some pitching. But I want to start off um, with a, a downer a little bit, and it is this gymnastics coach that we reported on when the story first broke. This this terrible, terrible person, Larry Nasser, I do believe his name is. Yeah, Nassar, Nasser. However you said it, Larry Loser, who molested hundreds of girls. This is ridiculous. Hundreds? I mean, hundred. What is it like? One hundred and twenty-five or one hundred twenty-eight that we know of? Then that's that we know of. Can you imagine? 
Can you imagine how many are just don't even want to come out and and you know what I mean have tried to put it behind them? This guy's or maybe got nerve, you know though, man. people have killed themselves yeah, and everything else that goes along with the whole thing of this predatory nature. You know him just deceiving and taking advantage of these young girls. It's just very very unfortunate because those families trust this guy with their daughter, which is a prized possession, and yes. then this guy goes and takes advantage of the situation like that. There and and he's got the nerve to come out now talking about how he doesn't want to hear these people yeah say their piece. Are you kidding me? Talking about it hurts his mental state. Well, you should have been hearing that for off the top. Somebody should have been saying this to you from the, your life, the and beginning. He, and, he's, and he's crying, and like he's the victim. Yeah, he's crying because he got caught. I don't really feel like he has any remorse. I don't. I, you know what? I think this could be a case of demonic possession because no this question. guy, this is this is so dark and so ugly. And you know, another thing that's terrible about this is that the age of these young girls that he was taking advantage of puts them in a position where a lot of them actually wouldn't know the difference between a medical exam and some sexual assault. Right. And and so they're in a spot where the girls are thinking, "Oh, okay. Well, he's saying this is for this, or this is because of." But it's uncomfortable. But I, you know, this is what they told me I needed to do. Especially and my dad left me with them. Especially when your parents drop you off with this guy, and then you leave them in the care of a, the other two uh, people who are legends in the in the world of gymnastics. And now he smeared their name. Yeah, I, I mean that's yeah. Terrible. He really brought them down. Yeah, too. he brought them down. They, they've taken away their their uh, what is that 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 school that they have? Well, the and you know, and now and now openly some of the women who were uh who were there now as adults testifying against them against Larry Nassar also in the post conference put the Michigan State University uh uh, personnel on blast, the administrators, because they were there and speaking to the media because the media asked them, as they should, how can this go on? There's no way that this can happen over this many decades without some complicity from some other adults. And and she tried to deflect, well, this is actually, should be, today should be about the victims, should be about uh, uh That's what that's Larry about, Nassar. the victim, because there may be more. I just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, just a really bad scenario where, People will look the other way. It's that it's that uh, it's that Martin Luther King quote. I need to look it up where he talks about a uh, Happy King Day, by the way, brother. Yeah, just passed on King Day just a couple of days ago. Right on, um, <laughs> so old brother. Right on, where he talks about the it's the silence. Yeah. It's that it's there, it's not necessarily the voice of your enemy, but it's the silence of your friends that turns into uh, a complicity that is deafening. Right, because whoever it is, like that kid that walked in when Sandusky was molesting those kids in the right. shower and then he just walked out and didn't say nothing. Or even what the Hachito just said, you know, recently in a lot of the... Why, what did this clown, what 45 say now? No, just with him, uh, with the, the senators not saying, coming out and saying that he said what he actually said about the, the African countries and things like oh, that. Oh, right. You know, and then, then they feel like it's power not saying anything. And that's just being derelict. You're, you're trying to hide from a responsibility as a human being. Well, what happens is, is if you, if somebody... If you walk in on some sort of crime or something like that, unfortunately, you've now been put in a spot. And, that, and we that don't get kid, to call our spots a lot of No, time. most of the time in life. Especially as adults. And and that, that, that guy, the young guy that walked in on Sandusky in the shower playing grab ass with those kids and walked out and then, uh, you know, act like he the didn't. The coach. Yeah, the coach. Yeah. The coach. He, you, can't, you can't drop the ball in these situations. There's no, you just can't do it, you know. There's no option. Um, and this is what's going on out there in Michigan. And I, one thing that I wanted to speak on is this NDA scenario. Everything always goes by the wayside for the NDA. You know, you take some money right. and you, and you have to now be quiet about whatever it is that happened. 
What's your take on the NDA stance? I feel like I would break the NDA. I would take the money, then let them sue me <laughs> You would me get later. your cheese. Yeah, let them sue me later. Okay, well, I signed the NDA. Well, you're not supposed to say anything. Well, guess what? Let the court decide now. You can go ahead and think that that's wrapped up in everything else, that that NDA is tight, meaning a non-disclosure agreement. Yep. And, and I still would say something, because not only should they be, this is not a reward. This is them doing this, paying these people out of guilt. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to clear their conscience. That's not acceptable behavior by any adult, and even the, the people who come up with the NDAs are out of line. Because as a human being and your human nature, you know, this is not right. You can't take advantage of people and then say, oh, well, you know what, I'll just throw a couple of bucks at it and hopefully it'll go away. It doesn't, it works like that, unfortunately, a lot in society, but it's not right. Yeah, it's not right. It's not right at all. I'm not down with the NDA. Yeah. In these, in these situations. If we're talking about an intellectual property or something, okay. But we're talking about crime against children? Are you kidding or against women or anybody. You know, this is, this is, we're getting sick. Yeah, it's a bad position. And it's something that we, you, you just can't dismiss. There's, there's nothing, no amount of money is going to restore that innocence or no amount of money is going to push away those, you know, those kind of things. Right. You've basically re-hardwired a child and, yeah. and they don't even know why they're thinking what they're thinking, why they're doing what they're doing now because of something that you've done to them in the past. And you've created a behavior that that they can't actually control in a sense because of this pervert. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, I just wanted to show love on the ozone to all of those young ladies uh, who are dealing with this and every, yeah. every victim out there. And uh, literally, too, keep your head up and, and speak out. The power is in speaking out. You know, you have to tell the truth and shame the devil. Yeah, that you definitely do. And then you also need to... Throw a gauntlet up and let the family handle him. Just let him go through that line and see if he can make it through the end of 125 parents that you actually molested their children. I don't think he'll make it. I don't think anybody can make it through 125 beatdowns, personally. But <laughs> Wait, he he wanted to distribute 125? Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's unacceptable. Really, really unacceptable. Want to move on quickly. We got a lot to cover today. Want to move on into the world of baseball, folks. It's going down. It really is. It's going down. But it's not completely going down. They, they I mean, it is completely going down. The Astros reloaded. I'm so impressed with, with Jeff Lunau and the Astros front office, I don't even know what to do with myself. They're the best team are, in baseball are, again. Just like that. Oh, yeah? You guys want to go beef up on all this muscle? <laughs> Guess what? We wouldn't got an, another ace. <laughs> Aces supersede the hitting. The, the I don't hitting. care what I'm the sorry. lineup is. The only thing that could stop that, that kind of pitching are walks and speed. And speed. Yeah. And they're not going to give up that many of that. Garrett Cole likes yeah. to walk people, but Justin Verlander ain't walking yeah, people. Justin Verlander. And, and if they throw another piece in that bullpen, forget about it. They, because, I, they got to turn Liriano into a closer. Yeah, but even so, with the pieces that they have that they're moving them to the bullpen, is going to be so so much of an upgrade of what they had in the past. You're taking Brad Peacock and putting him in the bullpen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah now you, That front five is ridiculous. Are you kidding? The front five is over the top. I mean, truth be told... I, I'll go with uh, Verlander as my ace, followed by Cole. That's where it's supposed to be. But, oh, oh no, that it's right? supposed to be Verlander, Keiko, yeah. and Cole. I, I, Dallas, would, I would do it because I wasn't, you're the righty-lefty. You like that righty-lefty. Yeah. I don't think it matters. When you got good stuff, you got good stuff. No, but I've, just, I've been just locked a, up before yeah, by, 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 <laughs> by both. I've seen it. But when, but, when, but when righties come and it's another righty, it's not like, oh, man, I'm so confused now. He's a lefty. Ooh. Yeah, it has nothing to do with it. I'm just – if he's got the good stuff, he's got the good stuff, and i got to yeah, make an adjustment. You, yeah, but what you do is that you're changing the lineup. You're talking about a three-game series, so if you got a righty and then a lefty, what you – Oh, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Then you have to make them make that adjustment in their lineup. And if you sat a guy down because he was going righty on righty or lefty on lefty, then he jumps in there and he's going against another ace, that's a problem. 
I mean, that's that's the best rotation in baseball. Nobody can go that deep. Nobody. Nobody can <laughs> go with three can... with three aces or anything like that. It's just not possible. And Lance McCullers is turning into an ace. And, and Charlie, Charlie Morton, Morton is, looked like is, he was you know the, legit. The, the ace. So if you so if you were able to then place Brad Peacock, you could close with Brad Peacock. You could close with Liriano. There's a you lot of set options. Up. You just need to make that bridge. But what they well, got to get a closer because Ken Giles is not. No, he's he, not. He definitely not. He was he, he that dude should be counting his but lucky you, stars to have that ring. Yeah, but you're talking about he did everything he could to <laughs> to, to, to make sure up, that they were not the World Series champions. Yeah. But you're talking about bringing horses out of the, out of the front line, man. These guys are guys who can all go those, seven innings. I was eight just about innings. to say, all those guys are giving you 200 innings about serious, for the season. Serious, you know what man. I mean? They're the best team in baseball again. That's man, that's serious work. Now I'm interested to see what the lineup does. Obviously, Altuve's going bang. Bregman's just going to get better. George Springer's just going to get better. But I'm interested to see if the, some of the other guys in the lineups were are, are going to continue to progress. You know, like who? Guriel. Guriel's been producing Guriel, his whole life. He's 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 Dr. Dre. He's been producing for a long time. No, no, not yeah. him. <laughs> Keep their heads ringing. Uh, no, I don't even mean Goriel. I'm talking about like the uh, well. You talk about more than half of the lineup that you just stated. Yeah, so, you know, yeah they don't, really don't need that much to be <laughs> honest. I, I, you get six good sticks in there. That's way that's more than most most people have. Come on, man. Most teams. Uh, now, in the curious case of Jay Bruce, I don't understand what Jay Bruce is doing, and I don't understand. I don't understand what the Mets are doing. The Mets don't understand what the Mets are doing. <laughs> this is, and Jeff is a homie. Jeff yeah. Wilpon is a great guy. But you just signed uh, another outfielder that you probably could have brought up from. You have Brandon Nemo. You have uh, uh, Conforto. So why so do you need Jay Bruce? Well, Conforto, they're talking about, may not be ready by uh, the start of the season because of his injury. That yeah, crazy, shoulder. weird injury that yeah. happened. But even even so, you know, they were trying to – they signed Adrian Gonzalez, but you just brought up the kid. But this is what I'm saying. So, so now they're talking about Jay Bruce getting some reps at first base, but – why would Jay? Why you go Jay Bruce with Adrian Gonzalez? I have no idea. I, this is this confusion. So you got Juan Lagares platooning, Cespedes in left, Jay Bruce in right, Gonzo platooning with Dominic Smith. I have no, I don't even understand why we need all these first basemen when you got an up and coming stud like Dominic Smith. It's not fair to him because then what you'll put out there is that you know he he we need him. He to was a bust. Yeah, and, like and, and, and he didn't get enough, enough time. ABs. Yeah, he didn't get enough abs. To make that determination, I don't think so. I mean, you're talking about them having Justin Turner, Daniel Murphy, and they got rid of both of them. And you got David Wright, who aged overnight. Yeah, what can you do? That spinal stenosis was serious. You got that kid that's the real deal, the shortstop. He is the real deal. Uh, what's the kid? Not name? Wilmer Flores. You talking no, about? No, 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 no. They have a kid that they brought up. We saw. Oh, oh, with the, the kid we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. Latin kid. Uh, I can't remember his he's name. A stud. But Vasquez. Uh, no. Ah, what's his name? We'll get. Anyways, we'll, yeah, we'll remember it. But, um, I mean, the Mets are going, I have no idea. Matt Harvey is not the same. You have Thor, and you have Jake DeGrom. And so how many games should you predict them to win? Maybe 40 or 50 at right now? Wow, that's a low prediction. What, how many can you give them? I mean, they play the Phillies about 40 times the a year. Phillies <laughs> the, the Phillies have upgraded. The Phillies have upgraded. Phillies went out and got Carlos Santana to play the guitar. Yeah, they did. Let me, let me upgrade you. Yeah, uh... Yeah, I don't know what the Mets are doing. I just don't understand why Jay Bruce, and I, unless it's a money thing, how do you go from the Mets? How do you go from a losing team with the Reds to a losing well, team with the Mets to the best team in baseball <laughs> with the Indians back to then say, you know what? I'll go with the Mets. I'll go with the Mets. Sounds about right. Now, is it because of the dough, do you think? They gave him three and 39. Do you think that Most was the, the time? The why wouldn't you take that, though? I mean, you're Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce is not old either, but – 
for some reason, he seems like he's been around the league for he about years. He seems like he's been in a 20-year veteran in the league. Yeah, but the problem is that I just don't understand you why just question guys, go to a, a you question guys. Yeah, you question guys who don't go to contenders. Did they sell him on that they're going to rebuild the team around him? Or I don't know what that, that was. I mean, they have to rebuild it pretty quick if that's the case. I mean, if anything, he should have been trying to jump on them Giants. But he probably doesn't want to see Kershaw that many times. You're only going to see him five times over the season. Five times too many. That's, that's so take take days off. That's what all these just suckers do nowadays. Yeah. Take a day off since you're scared. Yeah, because then but you're going to get Just think of how great that lineup would have been if he would have went to the Giants. I tell you what, if the Giants, even though they maybe they're still, you know, banking on Brandon Belt and his power coming around. They don't need it anymore. But imagine if you're saying if they, if Brandon Belt just hits. Yeah, if he just gives you consistency. If you can bat like 280, 290, imagine if 15, they got Eric Cosmo. Bombs. Are you crazy? That would be their their lineup would be insane if they got Eric Cosmo. Well, you know this is a problem right now because they're talking about how all these free agents aren't signed and they're sort of trying to blame it on Tony Clark, you know? For really? Some yeah, I don't understand. What is it? What TC got to do with the situation? No, but there's something in the players. They're saying that they're having gripes and everything from the Major League Players Union Association. Wow. Yeah. But something about the players not being, you know, not all these veterans or free agents not being signed right now. Wow. It's crazy, right? Yeah, this is the deepest that I've seen where guys haven't been signed, you know, this this deep into an offseason. Yeah, J.D. Martinez said he's willing to sit out. I the, the He should. J.D. Martinez has got to get his money right now. Yeah. And with the kind of year that he just put up, he deserves his bread. Well, he put you up a great year before that. And he sure did. He had a breakout year before yeah. that. And and people tried to act like it was because he was in that Tigers lineup. Yeah. yeah no. You know what I mean? He went to Arizona and went even crazy. He, he went stone nuts. And now you're talking about him. They said the, the Red Sox offered him a buck and a quarter. For uh, five or six years? Ooh, I thought it was 100 flat. It's a buck and a no, quarter they offered him. a buck and a quarter. Him. Just came out with that breaking news. Wow. Wow. And he didn't need 125, huh? Can you imagine the day you get to where you don't need 125? <laughs> That's a serious day. <laughs> it's a wow. serious day. It's not even a joking day. No, but it's very serious. I don't think that's going to suit me. $125 million. $125 million is real, man. To swing the stick. To swing the stick. Ooh, you crazy? Oh, Jesus, why can't it, didn't you let it happen for me? Jesus, God. Oh, yep, I love you, Lord. It. Just let it happen. Five years, 125 Wow. I mean, I don't get it. What's wrong with 25 a per? I don't know. He's feeling himself, I guess. He needs he needs Kershaw, though. Yeah, but if if he signed that contract, I put them above the Yankees with the young talent that they have because I just like they, they're pitching – is through the roof, although you, they're trying to pick up you, Darvish, the Yankees, that being the Yankees, but their pitching is really, besides Rick Porcello, the, the Red Sox are real. They have a really solid unit with those young kids. The Yankees are nuts. I know you always want to put somebody ahead of them, but the Yankees the Yankees have all of the tools. They have it all, especially if Chad Green starts. Yeah. Now, I, well, I think one of those kids are going to have to start. Especially if Jordan Montgomery. People, I really think people negate what Jordan Montgomery did last yeah, year. Jordan Montgomery was a breakout. He had a breakout season. He I just think got they played fatigued with him right there. late. No, yeah. I think it was because of fatigue. Actually, I like what Girardi did there. And really, the person on the spot more than anybody is Aaron Boone because, in my opinion, he feels like you feel like he might just feel like that he can just put a. A lineup together and send it out there, and it's not that you know that Just we all know that in. that's not how the chemistry works in Major League Baseball. He knows that he was in Major League Baseball, you know. Right, he's a veteran, but I really feel like with that scenario that they have out there, they're supposed to win in New York. And if Severino gives you Severino, when guys start to dominate like the way that Lou Severino dominated. They don't just disappear. Right. Like that dominance, that it, it carries over. That ninety-seven you throw, and with that hard it, slide it, piece, it works. 
It, it works. My, the reason why I don't try to put the Yankees down, I just don't feel. I feel like everybody gives them. They got a great bullpen. Yeah, they treat every they year like as if the Yankee, the Yankees win the World Series, and they yes, don't. they do. Everybody yeah. acts like that. Yeah, and you're talking about having Ben Attendee. If you can throw JD Martinez, uh, JD Martinez in there, you got that kid that they just brought up that's playing first and third. You have Evers. yeah, you have you have Xander Bogart. I mean, and they who needs a bounce back season? You got Mookie Betts. You got Mookie Betts. I you mean, just need somebody who puts the ball out of the park. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, no matter and that's who, JD Martinez. And that's JD Martinez. And Ben Attendee is not that far from getting there. And then well, you're t- and then you're talking about him being able to line off that wall and getting the gaps. And he's a big think, time hitter. I think Ben Attendee gives you 25 bombs. I don't think Ben Tendy gives you. Yeah, but Ben you need a guy. You a need four a four and a half two player. And you, I'm really you, you need a, you need a guy who's who's giving you close to 40 bombs, if not more. And JD Martinez Mook, is that guy. And Mookie Betts ain't that far behind him either. But I need a guy that's giving me that. Not right. that you know Mookie Betts this year didn't get you there. And Mookie Betts is a monster. I'm not taking no, right. anything away from Mookie Betts. Right. And honestly, they got the best outfield in baseball because nothing is dropping out there. Right. They, them boys run it down. You got center fielders in every position. In every position. They all can go get it. They all got a hose. Yeah. So then you got then you sneak in Pedroia, and then I mean you got a solid unit, man. It's a solid unit. That Yankee unit on paper is a lot more solid. I don't I don't agree because you're talking about Severino, but then you come back with Chris Sale. Ace. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Ace. And people try to dis- – Any given day, the best in baseball. Yeah. I mean, so they have – and David Price during the regular season is very effective. You right. Know, you know, so right. I, I think that they're And just- it seemed like he got his confidence back in that series yeah, against did. the Astros. He really did. I was happy for him for that because a couple times we've met David Price. He's been a cool dude. Yeah, he is a really good guy. And then Drew Pomerantz, people act like Drew Pomerantz, but Drew Pomerantz was devastating last year. And he's always been devastating when he got a chance to start. So, you know, they can match you. I don't know. I can't go as far as say he's devastating. He was effective. I, I let's pull up some numbers. Pull up the numbers. See what the see what the numbers say. In the meanwhile, I'm going to go out to the best coast, talk about these gigantes, because picking up Kutch, I believe Kutch is due for a bounce back season. I don't know what it is that went wrong with Andrew McCutcheon. It seemed like there was something maybe happening in his personal life or something. But I think he's going to greatly benefit from a change of scenery, and that change of scenery is going to have him sandwiched in between Evan Longoria, Buster Posey, and uh, and Brandon Belt. And I think that's going to go a long way. That lineup is going to finally start being able to produce some runs. They don't necessarily need to hit bombs, but but even though Longo's going to give you 30 bombs, he's shown you that. Longo gives you – Evan Longoria hits 30 home runs regardless of who's in the lineup. That's what he's going to do. Well, you're saying the bounce-back season for Andrew McCutcheon, which he's not what he used to be, but he's still bad 279 with 28 bombs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> those are on, great numbers. Come on, man. Those, you, I can't be mad at those numbers. Can't be mad. I'm just talking about the feel of it because there was a feel that Andrew McCutcheon was the best player in baseball for about three years. Yeah, and right now and, I just and he think doesn't, he was out there by himself. He was sort of on an island by himself out there in Pittsburgh. How's that? What did he have around him? I mean, you know, Starlin Marte oh. let the team down. Yeah. <laughs> what did he have about He didn't have it. He didn't, obviously, he needed protection, and he didn't have any. Yeah. Yeah, and he still gave you 28 bombs. But I don't now, know what now, happened Drew, to his now, defensive in this center era, fielder. Drew Pomerantz, 332 ERA, 174 strikeouts, and 170 innings. 173 innings. I mean, he was 17 and 6. <laughs> That's above average. It is above average. When I think devastating, I think Chris Sale and Kershaw, though. <laughs> but, that, but that's devastating right there. You're talking about more strikeouts than innings, and then you're talking about an ERA under 3.5. And, hmm. and you have 17 wins. So, I mean... They're not the Astros, but they, they're definitely there. Yeah. Yeah, they're there. It's going to be a great baseball season. I can't wait. Yeah. And, and what do you think about the Blue Jays getting uh, Grichik, Randall? That's great for Randall Grichik, but I think that Randall Grichik is going to run into a problem because he has a lack of discipline unless he's changed a lot in the offseason because he strikes out too much. And you're going into a division where we're talking about these pitchers that we just got through speaking of. It's carving time. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's time to go to Thanksgiving. Lowry's. Thanksgiving. It's the Carvery. <laughs> it's yeah. Thanksgiving. 
You know, so he's going to do the prime rib. Yeah. Either he's going to ambush them or they're going to completely ambush him. And I'm I don't putting think my there's money a middle. on them. And I'm putting my money on them. Yeah. You know what? He'll have great games against the Orioles. Wasn't he drafted uh, in front of Mike Trout? I, I think, think so. Yeah. 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 He's Came a up stud. And that bomb off of Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. I remember it was, he, he made his presence felt. Yeah, he's a stud. I mean, it's. I like his confidence. I like his confidence. Um, I also like something I saw on Twitter the other day with Chipper Jones. What did, did Larry say? The Chipper Jones, somebody was having an argument about hitting. And then. Uh, with Chipper Jones? No, just I think oh. alone, and oh. then and then Chipper was monitoring the the, call, the conversation. It was a kid, and they were like, and the kid had a video up, and he's like, "Man, why can't I get my swing on a level plane?" Somebody said something about, "Ah, it's not about a level plane." Look at Chipper; he had an uppercut swing. Then somebody put out a video, like a a, a thing, and said uh, a meme. It wasn't even a meme; it was just an actual picture of Ted Williams' swing, a diagram. That's what I was looking for. The word I was looking for, and it says Ted Williams preached plane of getting your bat on a level plane and ted williams was way better than chipper jones and chipper jones chimed into the conversation and said totally unnecessary <laughs> <laughs> he got his feelings right now he, he, said, totally, the moment. he said totally unnecessary <laughs> to make your point i hope you get your swing together god bless <laughs> Chipper Jones, we got to hang out with Chipper a couple of times, cool dude, man. man. Larry Jones, oh man, and he got the seats that game too. Are you crazy? It he got to like see he, both games. Yeah, remember at will, at will. He got to see both games because we went down there, come around the base sideways. Uh huh. Larry, <laughs> hey, what's up? how y'all boys doing? <laughs> Larry's cool dude. <laughs> I love Chipper Jones, man. Oh man, I hope he gets in the hall. I hope they don't play games and throw Chipper in the hall straight away. Oh man, come on, that dude's a stud, man. The dude was a switch hitter. And then they they messed him up. I felt like a lot by putting him in the outfield. Let him play third base, man. Right. Why did he need to move? Yeah, he didn't. I don't think that he did at all. Want to uh, end up the baseball segment on this little piece with your boy Ben Tending. See what he had to say. Kind of how everything works, and I know all the guys, obviously. So um, and, and know how to prepare for a full season. Um, so in that regard, yeah, I'm. Uh, I think so, and just kind of looking forward to getting down there and get started. Is your offseason plan been what it was last year? Like I remember FanFest last year, you added a bunch of weight. Like, mm-hmm. are, are you just maintaining that this year? How have you approached it? Um, still trying to add weight. Um, I've added more weight um, this offseason, and uh, I think I'm going to try to maintain it better this year. Um, but last year, I mean, I felt, I felt good physically. Um, so just trying to stay healthy the whole year is most important. He, he cut his locks. He cut his oh, hair. Yeah, he got, yeah, that's what I was showing you. He, he got the cor- main shortcut. Flow, huh? Yeah, no, shortcut. <laughs> Add a little weight. He's trying to get some weight. I can't imagine needing to gain weight. It's just an unbelievable <laughs> concept. Hey, man, that kid was 20-20 last year. 20 stolen bags, 20 bombs. He bat 271. It's good money for a 23-year-old. It's good money. In the show. You crazy? He's not – he's really was not uh, overwhelmed by, no. by the league. <laughs> he wasn't impressed. I think they played him out a little bit because they started sitting him sometimes against lefties, which was well. That was that was when he had to get his mind right. He went in that slump, and John Farrell messed with his brain, and it worked. He came back banging when he, he when sure he did. when they took his spot. He almost did for the cycle one game, right? <laughs> <laughs> or did he? I mean, he. I don't think he, he went did. Nuts. But he, he almost did. He went nuts. Moving on. It is January, folks, and that means it's time for the NFL playoffs. We uh, we missed you last week for some great games. Some great games took place last weekend. And if an air phantom tackle, 
which uh, cost who that, which is unbelievable because I actually thought who that was going to the to the dance. I did too, personally. I and mean, Drew Brees is a winner, and Drew Brees can get you there. And you were talking about just literally, you never are able to say that one person costs a team like that, and this time you can put your finger on there and say this guy hurt the team, and all because he not only missed the tackle. But then he tackled his own man. He knocked his <laughs> defender out of the, out of the game, out of the, and the I, play. You know what? I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to put it all on him, even though that specific play is on him, because this is this is such a microcosm of life and American life in particular. Because the kid just made the big interception to turn the game around, and, and you know, and then he just got overzealous and tried to blast the guy instead of just wrapping him up and letting the clock run out. I think that it looked like to me, I haven't, of course, spoken to the kid or whatever, but it seems like the rules might have hurt him as well. Because I, I agree with he that. He was caught in between of hitting a defenseless re- receiver and then also making the tackle and hitting the guy. And it's his job to stop this guy. So in the moment, it looks like he might have got caught up in the moment as a rookie. But if he would have thought it through, you know, anticipated more so he would have known that he needed to wrap him up and just let the clock die. That he couldn't have got a team on the field in less than nine seconds. No way. They no way. Got and kill. and if they do get it, even if they they did beat me with a fifty yard field goal, don't beat me with the with that yeah, miracle. With, yeah, you know, house. Yeah, and I and honestly, everybody's talking about it, but I take Nick Foles over over Minnesota for the simple fact is that Minnesota doesn't play outside; they play in a cold weather state. City, yeah, exactly. State, city. yeah, yeah. You know, but they're not; they don't play in the cold. And now they're going to have to go out to Philadelphia and play. And the Saints really showed that they can, you know, that they they showed some holes in their game. And I right. and when it comes to the running game, I'll take their running backs. Meaning, I'll take the Eagles, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles running game over over uh, Minnesota's. Wow, yeah, because you're talking about McKinnon and Latavius Murphy over blunt force trauma and Jay Ajayi. <laughs> That's a serious running game. And this I do game, like the Vikings D though. Yeah, and I like Philadelphia's D. Philadelphia's D is pretty good too. Yeah, and when you talk about and the they conference- got a winner over there, yeah. Chris Long. That guy, he's a champ, and he knows how to to lead yeah. the defense. Yeah, I mean, and one of the things that I think that not a lot of people are bringing up is about Jeff Fisher. He's had three wow quarterbacks speak on it uh-huh, in the playoffs. Three, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that he couldn't make that any he noise make with. Any noise, but he hasn't been able to go to the playoffs or anything with these guys. And somebody said, "Well, he's uh, I heard someone say the, to the point that, well, you know what he." Uh, he's got two players that's playing in a championship game, but he had three quarterbacks in there, and he couldn't even make it to the playoffs with these three guys. That means that he's maybe a good scout. That doesn't mean that he's a good coach. He was a terrible coach, and he hurt the, the Rams. And you know how much Jeff Fisher cares? Not at all. He does not care because Jeff Fisher is out somewhere counting his $45 million extension. I mean, man, how long did it take you to count that? He's still counting from when he got the extension <laughs> last year. I think he's still only in about $3 million. <laughs> Are they ones? I, <laughs> he might want to grab some strip club. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, that, that's a really good point. Case Keenum, Jared Goff, Nick Foles, and Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Or Jeff Fisher would probably say, actually, the reason they're there is because of me. <laughs> yeah, it's because I put them through the paces early and developed them into the kind of players that they are today. He can't say that about Jared Goff. He wouldn't even let him look at the field. Man, Goff's coming into his own. He looked great. We were at the Rams game, and he looked great. He looked above average. Looked above average. Let's hear what our caller has to say about the situation. Hey, fellas. Truck Dave, live from the States of United. He's out there, ladies and gentlemen, in this tough weather. He's living La Vida Loca. 
He's our football correspondent, Trucker Dave. How you feeling? Your team is coming up on a big game this weekend. What do you think about the rumors? Is Tom Brady hurt? Uh, I think it's kind of overblown with the, the Tom Brady rumors. I think he's going to be just fine. I think he's just fine with the rumors. I, you know, it almost feels like a little subterfuge, a little mind play, a little mind freak going on from New England. But I heard a rumor from some inside sources that said his hand is actually broken. And uh, and and they're going to have to do the boogaloo and stab up his hand with, you know, all of the magic football potions to get him on the field. At which point, everybody's talking about the decision to trade Garoppolo. I know. I saw that, too. But, you know, I heard it was actually his thumb. So Yeah, yes. But I, I know one thing. He's going to be ready to play. Yeah, believe that. But everybody believes in the legend of Tom Brady. If it happens this time, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, truth be told for the Patriots, I really feel like the Patriots Super Bowl comes on Sunday. I feel like the Patriots have a better chance of getting beat this Sunday than they do in two weeks. Uh, I do too. But you know what? If they have to play Minnesota with Minnesota's defense. and In all Minnesota. Have- yeah. Wow, that's going to be real tough. But I think the Patriots are going to have an advantage at the running back position because what they can do out of the backfield is going to be – it should be spectacular. You're getting Burkett back from an injury. Chris Hogan is going to be out there. So it's going to be some wrinkles, man. I'm looking for a good game. And Jacksonville is a warm-weather team going up there to play in Foxborough. Yeah, but they just wouldn't play in Pittsburgh. I hear you. Well, and and yeah. the temperature be 45, though. Oh, oh <laughs> I'm taking Jacksonville. Yeah, I am too, actually. And I whether think Tom Brady's hand or, is, is hurt, hurt or, or not, not, I agree because I, me myself, if Blake Bortles can just not blow the game, the defense can actually beat them. I don't even think it comes down to Blake Bortles. I think it comes down to coaching. And I, of course, Bill Belichick is better than their coach. But the thing of it is, is that all you need to do is run the ball, commit to the run. Period. Whether you get 10,000 yards or 100 yards, just commit to the run. Back in the day, you saw that if you committed to the run, whether you got 100 yards with O.J. Anderson or whether you got 200 yards with Marcus Allen, the run is going to win you the game. Running and defense wins right now. Well, but I don't think they're going to let Leonard Fournette beat them. I think they want Blake Bortles to beat them. Of and, uh, I agree. That's going to be a, a big factor, especially if you get Allen Grant back on the defensive line. Well, here's the thing for me. I don't think it's Leonard Fournette. I don't think it's Blake Bortles. Bortles, excuse me. I don't even think that it's Calais Campbell that beats the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. I think it's a guy named Tom Coughlin that's in the upper office <laughs> who actually knows how to beat the Patriots. That if they if they pull off this win, it's going to be because he's had this experience before mm-hmm. and he knows how to do it. Now, the one thing that we do know is either the Patriots are going to blow you out. Or it's going to be a tight game. We have yet to see the Patriots get blown out. Even though the Falcons should have completely and totally blown them out, they didn't get it done. And so what we know is is Tom Brady has turned into must-see TV. It's a trip because Tom Brady is like how Michael Jordan was in when he came back. You have to watch Tom Brady and the games. And it's a, yeah. it's just crazy. It's a crazy thing to think that now you're literally watching the living legend. A lot of a player people who believe that he's the greatest football player of all time that may step on for the last time coming up this Sunday. Right. 
I think they go too far with the greatest football player of all time. I know. I think they go too far, too. But I'm just telling you what this a lot of people will say. Right. And then when everybody's comparing him and saying he's the greatest quarterback of all time, I don't agree with that either. He's not better than Joe Montana. Joe Montana and them, they played in a completely different era, whereas they play defense, not like this corporate style of defense that they play now where you can't even look at a receiver. The guys are faster now and everything, and you can't touch them after five yards. And There's so many flags flying that you can't even enjoy the game. I mean, there's so many commercials during the game that the guys get cold. Back in the day when Joe Montana was playing, they designed the defense to 46 to try to stop him. And it's still it, they got him the first time, but when it came down to it, they, they didn't stop him. I mean, so Joe Montana, to me, is better than Tom Brady. Even I would when, say that, too. You know why? Because you have to look at the errors and the rules that's been changed. Yeah. And look at look at who he played against. He played against Lawrence Taylor. He played against, you know, guys. The Redskins. Actually. The Bears. The Raiders. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this is going to be a good game because – I think the key to the game is up front. Calais Campbell, um, yep. you know, the nose tackle that they got from Buffalo. Malik Jackson, who gave him a problem in Denver. So if you get a good front, uh, good front four rush, and the key to the game is third down. Who's going to win on third down? Huh. That's, that's going to tell you who's going to win the game. Whoever wins on third down is going to win the game on both sides of the ball. And Blake Bortles did it on third down last week. Blake Bortles has do been it doing it. Yeah. Blake Bortles, I he he he's a completely unorthodox looking dude. Right. But he's been getting it done. And in that, I'm a big believer and as a baseball player to the core, I'm a big believer in unorthodox and not changing unorthodox because right. I've seen it in several sports where coaches, uh fans, pressure in general change your unorthodox ways which are effective. Tim Tebow, people hated him because they said he was unorthodox. But Tim Tebow didn't do nothing but win. Right. He and, didn't do nothing but win, man. I watched some of his highlights today. I was like, man, that was Tim Tebow. Tim man. Tebow. He was good. He was like, fast touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, threw, but, threw for 316 yards. Gave you that John 316. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what, too? And the Patriots... Pass defense is not that good. So what they want to do is to make you one-dimensional. So what they're going to do is, like you said, they're going to stack the box, try to get Leonard Fournette to not run the ball. But I would run it anyway. And Blake Bortles is smart enough because they're going to be turnovers in that game. But if you can make Tom Brady stay on that sideline and pound that ball, especially with a messed-up hand, you're going to be effective. You just need to keep him off the field, especially when the rules nowadays are designed for the passing game. It's an offensive league, you know. And then when you find a team that has defense, it's an anomaly. Than done though, yeah. You know, it's a lot easier said than done. And one thing that you have to, you didn't mention, is that last week the Patriots had nine sacks. If they get pressure on Blake Bortles, even though if you get a couple of time, uh, three and outs on Tom Brady, if you guys don't score a touchdown because New England's defense is like I think less than number five in the red zone, they're giving up touchdowns. So if you go down there settling for field goals, pretty soon you're going to uh, find a way to score. They yeah. might double team uh, Gronk, but that's going to leave somebody else open. Yeah, but you got to have time to pass it. I feel like with them, what they did, uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville went for it on fourth down last week, which is very, very impressive. And the Patriots actually went and had got all those sacks because they made the team commit to passing. Once they get the lead on you, they want to make you pass. They know what you're going to do, and they get to pin their ends back, right? Because they know that you're going to pass, and so they, they just send everybody. And what can you do? Okay, do you really think the NFL is going to let them lose on Sunday? <laughs> there you go. And now let's now let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. And Trucker Dave, you are spot on. Yeah. And this is the only thing that's keeping me from making a wager. Yeah. Is that with well, with the line with, went down from nine to seven. I mean, with the injury reports. And if I'm Jacksonville and I heard that his arm is injured or whatever, I'm going after it. 
You know they are. Me personally, man. Well, realistically, the thing I like about the Jacksonville defense is that they're going after it, whether your arm is hurt or not. Them boys are serious out there. And Calais has brought the D from Arizona, and they have all rallied around him. He led that team. I think he had 14 and a half sacks this year. And uh, and and he went over there and changed the culture of their defense. And that right. defense they had is, great defense already. They already had great defense, and they have the kind of defense and the scheme like uh, like how Baltimore used to give Tom Brady problems. The right. teams that have given him problems, I'm not going to say their defense is as good as that that Ravens defense was. Right. I'm say anything it's, like that, yeah, but that's, that's yeah, that, no, 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 it's not like that. But what we've seen from the Giants, from the Ravens, from the handful of teams that have had playoff success against Tom Brady, put pressure on it the quarterback. It is about putting pressure on Tom. Brady without the blitz. Right. And then you're talking yeah. about if you hurt him, then you're bringing in Brian Hoyer. Are you kidding? That game will be a blowout. Yeah, yeah that, that game will be over. But tell me this. Who has got to an answer for Deion Lewis? Who's got to uh, – out the backfield? If they put a spy on him, they should be all right because everybody should know that. But what they sh- – forget about Deion Lewis is James White because what they do is – Deion Lewis, my friend. Go back and look this whole year. Deion Lewis is yeah. making noise. He is. But look, watch watch what happens in the playoffs. All the time in the playoffs, they go to James White. James White is the go-to guy. Using wheel routes and all these other little crossing routes underneath with James White out of the backfield. Well, what do you do if they take all three of them put them out there together? That's what I would do because that's a look you haven't seen before. I'll take Burkett out, put him in the slot. I'll take Deion Lewis out of the backfield and put James White in the other slot. You got problems, man. This mismatch is all over the field. Ooh, it's going down. It sounds like my CTV, baby. The CTV, baby. It's going down. Sunday, Sunday, uh, Sunday. Yeah, it's so. happening. Now, real quick, how do you feel about the, uh, the the NFC game? How do you feel about the Vikings and the Eagles game? Want to get your prediction on that? I like the Vikings all the way. I mean, the Vikings are um, the truth, man. They really are the truth. Even though that was a, I, I, that play was, a total man, it was like a miracle. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want to give a team like that life. They got, and this, this gives them a lot of momentum. And they've been doing it the it whole does, year. It does, man. They've been doing it, it the whole it, year. I wouldn't be surprised if they won it all, man. I mean, they are, that's how good they are, man. Case Kingdom is doing just enough. And that's all you got to do, just enough. This is, this you know, is, you, that's if, why if I feel about Blake Bortles. This is what Peyton Manning has shown everybody. And that you know, and not not that he did just enough for the majority of his career. For the majority of his yeah. career, he was but stone cold final stud. Run up. Yeah, that that yeah. that final run where he got his ring, his last ring, he was doing just enough. And that That's was what I told T. He didn't. He disagreed with I me. I disagree. I don't feel like he did yeah, just he, enough. He, they he took what are you talking about? He's got the ring. Win that game. He didn't. He, did he, didn't, he got enough. the ring. What, he, what else the defense, did he do? The defense did just enough. He didn't do no, just enough. No, that's not Peyton true. Manning, no, that's they, not were, they were enough, third. And, they were third and long or no, third and once they didn't even pass the ball. They wouldn't even pass the ball. Go back and look. So I have looked at it several times. It wasn't him who did anything. I mean, literally, you could have got any just like you got the Trent Dilfers and the Brad Johnsons who got rings. That was worse than what they did. He didn't do anything. Oh, Terry, oh, you, I you sound ridiculous right now because he I has disagree. the ring. Whatever. He, he's he, the, he he's the Lord so of the Ring. But so does Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson. That doesn't mean that they did what they had to do. Yes, it did. Hand the ball well, off. Well, you know because what? let me just tell you something. Him, because if not. Just by him being on the field, he knows what coverages they're going to be in. Yeah, but he, didn't, he, didn't, he wasn't passing the ball. How many passing attempts did he even have in that game? Yeah, but look, uh, go back and look at his third. what he did on third down. He didn't do anything on third down because they wouldn't even pass. Even When it was third and long, he didn't even pass. They weren't in that many third and long. Yes, they were. Well, actually. but here's the thing. They just he conceded. Did, he did enough. He got the ring. T. I don't understand. I don't understand how this is a. I don't understand how this is an argument. Super Bowl night. I don't understand. Let's look at let's look at these numbers. I, I, somebody else who was a stud his whole career who did just enough to get his ring. 
was John Elway. In 1998, yep. the Super Bowl, John Elway yep. went 12 he sure for 22. Did. He only threw yep. for 123 yards. He had one yep. pick. And he threw and, it, and he ran for a touchdown, right? And, and how about this? In Peyton Manning in 2015, he went 13 for 23 for 141 yards, one yep. pick, and his QB rating was only 56 points. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he didn't do anything. Do what are you talking about? He managed the game. But what was John Elway do? That's what John Elway did. That's that's those just, are the same numbers. That's what I'm rating? trying to tell you. His QB rating was 51.9. And guess what? And they both relied on the Terrell, defense. Well, he relied on Davis. But but uh, uh, you couldn't stop Terrell Davis in the pitch. But. The point is, is that it's a team game. It's yeah. not a one-guy but, game. But, but he didn't exactly. do enough. He didn't. It wasn't him that won so that game. For him. How can so you not hear yourself? But I, Blake I, I never, Bortles, I would never come agree. Sunday, if Blake Bortles throws for 150 yards and Leonard Fournette runs for 200 yards on the Patriots, and as long as Blake Bortles doesn't do anything catastrophic to blow the game, you know what he did? He did enough. Okay, that's what you. He say. just I did agree. enough to win 45 to 42. Would I rather have Blake Bortles as my quarterback than what Ben Roethlisberger or any of these other dudes? Leonard Fournette almost had three three touchdowns by the half in the first quarter. Which means that Blake Bortles did just enough. Everybody's playing their position. What you're saying right now is the equivalent of saying that because Jose Altuve didn't hit a bomb in the game, he didn't do enough. He did. To, he didn't do enough. That 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 you can say then that Guriel didn't that, do enough. That's not the. That's it not is the same. same. Everybody same. has a position that's to play in every sport. We're well, not talking about see, tennis. I need to see what you guys. We were talking about with Trucker Dave. I want to see what he did in third third down completions and did yeah, he throw any third down? But look at Phil Sims. Phil Sims did the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Just enough. Yeah, OJ Anderson. He had one good Super Bowl, you know, where he had the completion record. But more uh, more times than not, his defense was so strong. He didn't have to do that much. They had Joe Morris. They had Marco Varro. They had, you know, he didn't have to do – they didn't count on him one player to win the game. That's what I was just trying to say. But That's we have what to we're trying arguing. to say. We got to keep arguing with you every year about it. <laughs> because, you guys, because you guys are wrong, as usual. And then later on you I come back you and say, oh. the boxing gloves on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm there too. <laughs> These ones and twos. Oh, my goodness. This guy. <laughs> This I guy, know, I don't understand. I don't know what else he could do. He got the ring. I don't so that, know, man. He got the ring, and, and when you look at the end of the game, the game wasn't even close. What can you do? What else can close. he do? It was 24 to 10, and I wanted the Panthers to win bad to make the argument that exactly the T is making right now. I wanted that, but I can't make that argument because Peyton Manning is at the house with his ring. I don't yeah, get it. I don't – I mean, it, rings, man. he has I, – I don't, I don't so know. So does his brother, I, right? I'm, so does his brother. Who and did? His, and his, bro- and his, his brother did just enough. And his brother did more than just enough. No, he did just enough because Tom Brady they left both. The, Tom Brady left both, both of those games again. with the lead. Yeah, but he moved the ball. So what? Peyton Manning never moved the ball in the Super Bowl. The ball moved up and down the field. Yes, he did. What are you what, talking about? What Super about? Bowl did he move the ball in? He just moved the ball in the Super Bowl against the Panthers. He got some he big did. conversions. He did. Okay. What? Did you not watch it? Are you having a like you guys on amnesia right now? You guys on the Cotics. He wasn't the Peyton Manning of the Colts, but he moved the ball. Yeah, he moved and, the ball. And what else he did no, is he, he did kept control the ball. How can, you, how, how can you move the ball with a 56 passer rating and 150 yards? How, how are you moving the ball? Because you mix it up with hands off. He moved it on third down. And he, he got moved, you know he did that? Where, where you, you know get to that? He, he did the third he down. Moved, he did he not moved, do that. He moved the chains. That's what he, he did. He moved the chains. And ultimately, he moved into the jeweler's store and got his ring. So, so I, whatever we're talking about is a moot point. I don't even want to continue this argument. Uh, I, know, man. I don't understand what else he. 
I don't get it. He's over there know, typing away furiously at his, his Super Bowl stat to try to get I'm trying to get these together. Super Bowl stats together because you guys keep acting like Peyton Manning did something on third down, and I know that no, he did not, not pass the ball on third down. No, you keep trying to argue, down. change the argument. Yeah, no, I'm not changing the argument. That's did, what Trekker did. He did, he did just enough is what he we're saying. He did just man. enough. You guys just said that his third down conversion was the difference. It's not the difference. He didn't do anything on third down. But they won the Super Bowl. Defense. Yeah, convincingly. Because first of all, first and foremost, the Panthers receivers can't catch the ball. That's first and foremost. Okay. Who who got the ring? Well, obviously, we know who got the ring. But I so, just, you guys asked me how did he, he win. Didn't, he didn't get you. the MVP. It wasn't, it wasn't because of him. enough. We're not saying that he was the MVP. Von Miller was the MVP. What we're saying Von is. Von Miller did enough. Von Miller did more than enough. You're talking semantics right now. That's that's more than enough. Whatever, man. Anyway, Strucker Dave. Glad to have you on air. Sorry to get you riled up with uh, the nonsense of my brother Terry, but uh, but it's it's good to have you. Where are you at right now? We're out here in Illinois. How's the weather? Oh, it's pretty warm. It's about forty degrees today. Oh, warm. oh, good, 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 good. All right, well, be careful out there. We'll check in with you after the game and see how you feel. Okay, fair enough. Be Bye-bye, safe. Guys. Yeah, Late. be safe. All right, later. All right. Wow, spirited conversation. Yeah, with Trucker Dave. Wow, I don't know where you're coming up. You, what are you talking about? I'm trying to find that this these third down conversions that you guys this mythical mythical third There's down. No, conversion. you guys. This is Dave, Trucker Dave just said about the third downs. But what I'm telling you is, is he did enough. He did not. Either way it goes, we got man. one more caller that wants to chime in on his. He's a he's a longtime Vikings fan, and uh, and he wants to give his two cents on that college football game we didn't cover. Here it is. Hello, hello, next victim of Next victim, <laughs> next victim, ladies and gentlemen, longtime Minnesota Vikings fan, college football expert. Let's jump right into it. We just got into a spirited uh, discussion with Trucker Dave about whether or not Peyton Manning did enough in Super Bowl 50, and somehow or another, you know who thinks he didn't do enough despite him having a ring. I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to start on that. Tell me why the Vikings win on Sunday. Tell me about that phantom tackle. And tell me why the University of Alabama refuses to invest in a kicker. All right. Vikings is just, uh, um, just an overall better team matched up against Philadelphia. Um, bigger receivers, quicker receivers, better offensive coordinator. Um, defenses is neck and neck. You just pick one on on. Who has the better day on that given hey, tip, day? Hey, Tip, hold on a second, man. We're having technical. For some reason. We've always had this, this kind of problem with his phone. Um, is he using a speakerphone? Is he using a headset? What is he using? Tip, you on speakerphone or a headset or anything? Or are you just holding no, the phone? I'm to live. He said he's live. live uh, <laughs> <laughs> OG in the kitchen style. Phone to the ear. So, you know what? I'm just going to call you. I'm just going to call you right back. We'll just start right over at the same spot. Because some reason it doesn't sound. It sounds like it's like. It's like static or yeah, something. Yeah, it's really, really crackling. Uh, let me call you right back, all right? Okay. All right. Well, hear me back. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's, it's, I think his mic might be messed up on his phone. Mm. Oh. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He really coming in Snap, Crackle, Pop. Yeah, he is. Crispy. Yeah, yeah it's extra crispy. Oh, hello? Yeah, man, there's nothing we can do about it. I think you you're... You got a headset? Because I think something wrong with your mic. Hold on, let me. Uh, I'm about to. I'm in the car, so let me turn the car on. Oh yeah, on maybe Bluetooth. Bluetooth will make it. And you know what? Sometimes you, when you do do the Bluetooth, it's clear than when you're coming out of the job. Yo. Wow. 
You came in. <laughs> you coming in with that false gate amp. You coming in hot. <laughs> I take what? off my earpiece. Oh, man. You busting my eardrum. <laughs> just get, with the uh, weak speakers. You got some six by nine. So. <laughs> hey, so just go back. Just hold on a second. Just keep talking. Ernie, try to level him out. See if it'll work. Go ahead, Tip. Yo, 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 yo. Viking. There's nothing we can do? That's all right. It just sounds like a phone call, so it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, just just go back. Go back phone to the ear, please. I'm sorry. All right, let me see. And then I'll count you back in. Phone to the ear. Oh, yeah, there you go. You crispy right there. I don't know what happened. All right, so next victim, you got a rant because I'm looking for one right now. Tell me what happened in that miracle game with the Minnesota Vikings that who that should have won. Tell me why the Vikings will beat the Eagles, and tell me why the hell Nick Saban won't blue chip some kicker as he does with the rest of these families. Yo, the Vikings with the, the, the Hail Mary or whatever you want to call it, the, I've been hearing the lucky pass, the miracle, Minnesota miracle. Hey, it's a football play on both sides. Okay. So plain and simple. Stephon Diggs, you know, made a big catch. Um, I really think that you know, all the defensive coordinators should apply a little bit of more pressure Right on on the um, either a spy or just try to blitz somebody from the corner position to get the ball off early on a slant in the middle of the field. They had to go forty yards. The kids to find this ended up catching a forty yard reception or twenty yards reception, and you know taking it to the house. So is it a miracle? No, it's a play that was made by the quarterback, a play that was made by the receiver, and a play that was missed by the defense. Um, the kid. Put his head down. He, he may have got there too early. Maybe he was overthinking and overanalyzing the play in that split second in them, in them 10 seconds. So he didn't want to hit the receiver too early to call the penalty, which would have been, you know, pass interference and put them in field goal range anyway. So it's, it's a bunch of elements that, you know, that took place. But, hey, hell to the Vikings. They got the W. They pulled off the win. If it was Tom Brady, would have been called the Patriot, Immaculate reception or anything. <laughs> That's a so good why point. Does it have to That's be a good the, point. The the Minnesota miracle is is plays that was made. Um, we will win over Philadelphia. Um, I think the spread is like three and a half, which is crazy, um, crazy close. If if it comes down to Philadelphia's goal, tough at home, man. Philadelphia and, and is of tough. the and of the backups that are playing right now, they got the best one. Yeah. Yes, they do. I take Philly. I agree. Because the receivers, you're putting, you're putting it. Um, you have Alshon Jeffries over there, and you have uh, Nelson Aguilar. So the the receivers to me are fifty fifty. Um, Alshon Jeffries is they're not fifty fifty though. Alshon Jeffries is bigger than both of those receivers on on uh, Minnesota. He is, but think about this: Alshon Jeffries came from where Chicago. Minnesota plays Chicago two times a year, so they know you know his his pros and his cons. Yeah, so just know like he knows theirs. Do. Just like he knows theirs. But it's not the same team. The thing of it is that Minnesota's coming from the indoors to the outdoors, which is always a problem, and they're playing on the road. Man, Minnesota played at, at Minnesota University of Minnesota all last season. So they're there. But what about this cold. season? Man, what about it? <laughs> That's what we're talking about. You're talking about what they played last season. I'm talking about this season. They have to you go on the road outside. Gas icons <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> So, so so don't don't act like that they just have a such a big advantage because they don't. They they do have an and advantage. the quarterbacks are they the played, same. The quarterbacks they are the played same. In Green Bay, the Vikings have played in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. They played in Chicago. So what are you talking about? 
but they don't play outside normally. They they half their games are in and half the games are out. And half the and half the Philadelphia games is on the West Coast this year. They playing the, uh, at the Home Depot. Philadelphia Philadelphia is playing at home in the cold, and it's going to make a difference. So you have two cold weather teams. What you? But we can't teams. call them cold weather because they play indoors. That's like me playing in the house and then playing. Then you're playing outside. You say, "Hey, it's the same thing. It's not the same thing." I'm playing Philadelphia. Did Philadelphia go to Lambeau, where it's the coldest? They're not that far from it, and it wasn't the coldest this time. This dude, this dude. So you, so you going with Philadelphia? I'm going with Philly, just because you're going with Minnesota. Okay, Andy (laughs) Reid. Go, go. I'm not going with Andy Reid. Right back home with them Chiefs too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jags this year. Okay, well, I'm going. I'm, I'm biked up. I'm biked up. And you're, I'm you're on that Vicodin. <laughs> He's on that Vicodin. <laughs> Haven't you heard the drugs are bad for you? <laughs> <laughs> Get this guy over here. I knew he was on something. Yeah, absolutely. Who do you like on the other side? Who do you like on? Uh, who do you like with the Patriots and the Jags? I like the Jags, man. You know, I, I was to Stephen A. this morning. I'm sorry, his, uh, his ESPN little thing going on. And I really believe that Tom Brady is, I think his right hand is, is seriously injured. Um, you know, they're talking about he's going to the press conference with gloves. He's not answering the questions. I really think that he's injured. I think the Jaguars and the, and uh, one of the guys, one of the homies for the, on the Ozone, Calais Campbell, I think they're going to put some pressure on that dude. And when he's down on the ground, they're going to, hey, you know, step on the hand. They're going to put some work on him. They're going to play that one game, win or lose uh, football. So it's going to be real grimy. And, and I think with the Jags, um, their defense is just going to apply just way too much pressure to the to the receivers. And the um, only way that New England would, would win is if they go with the deflate gate and the, the footballs is half the size tomorrow so Brady can throw like it's a nerf. Yeah, I think I think that uh, you know Tom Brady and him are, are always going to be real, but the Jags actually have what it takes to win. What the thing is that they have to do is to commit to the run. For some reason, the the run has been lost. It's like you know the equivalent of in, in the NBA now. Nobody wants to shoot a twenty foot jumper. Everybody wants to shoot a three. And if you run the ball, it sets up the pass. And the Patriots don't have good pass defense, regardless of what. You know, so that, that'll leave them open. But you, we know that Bill Belichick wants to take away Leonard Fournette. So you just need to figure out creative ways f- to get him the ball. Because if you, if, you stay with the, if you stay with the run and keep Tom Brady's cold hand on the sideline, that'll be the difference in the game. Yes. And uh, one of the big differences, again, that I heard this morning is Tom Cough- Coughlin is involved. Hey, yeah. is with, that's what I just with, said. This is what I just said. That's who that I said wins so the game. It's huge. It's huge. That is so huge. And, you know, to jump to the college football thing, Nick Saban and not wanting to do the uh, invest in a, in a solid kicker, hey, man, he need to go to the to the intramural soccer field and find him an intramural person, male or female, that can kick 60 yards. <laughs> that can kick. Wait, what is it? I mean, they almost blew that game. They almost blew that game against Georgia behind not being able to kick. Yeah, and they've, they've blown so many games, national championships or – you know, college uh, SEC championship games because not having a, a guaranteed kicker. And they, they need to go ahead and invest one, you know, a partial scholarship, a, a damn something uh, alumni scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> man. I, I just don't understand why you spend all that money. He's getting all that money as a coach. You, you spend all that money recruiting kids. You know they're blue-chipping kids. Uh, you got a guy whose family moved from Hawaii, even though he <laughs> gave all praises due to JC. So I, I got love for him there. But uh, he's, his whole family moved from Hawaii to support him down there. He came out in the second half and balled. And you can't invest in a kicker every single year? You have the same problem? What's going on? Right. Every single year. You, you, don't, you think you don't need a kicker. Come on, man. As we know, just in all in, in football, it's like the kicker is hella important. Right. You need it. If, whether if it's in college, whether it's in you know the NFL, you need one because when it gets down to the big games, it comes down to a lot of times the kicker. <laughs> so get him in the game, coach. All right. Well, last thing I want to ask you about victim is who do you got this weekend with Spence versus Peterson? Out at the Barclays. I got to go with Spence. Got to. Yeah, scrap season. He looks serious. He's up and coming. Yeah. mm, I think this is a good test for him. It's it's a great test for him. Let me tell you, I think that Kell Brook was a great test for him. Yeah, Kell Brook just hadn't healed. I would like to have seen that fight go all the way through. Kell Brook gave him all he could handle. Yeah, but I'm just saying that Kell Brook's skull was still fractured. All right, but I'm saying he gave him he gave yeah. him all he could handle. Kell Brook gave him, but I feel like Lamont yeah. Peterson has that. Like we can use that as somewhat of an excuse, but for Lamont Peterson coming in like he is right now, there is no like great area for him. So yeah, he's bringing, and, well, he's except for age. Lamont Peterson's been through a lot of wars. I don't know. He's a KG veteran. Yeah, he is a KG vet, <laughs> and that's what you need on your resume. You do. I don't think he's got the thump that Kell Brook had. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lamont Peterson, one thing he's somebody that uh, that that victim and I have watched before many times. Uh, back when he was fighting out of D.C. with Amir Khan and all those other fights. And he's somebody that is determined. That's mm-hmm. what I like about Lamont Peterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he doesn't, he doesn't quit. Yeah, he's not. He, yeah. he, there's no There's no quit in him. He, you, if no. you're going to beat me, you're going to beat me. He doesn't really beat himself. That's what I like about not him. not going to give you the rigging down. No. No. No way. He's no. going gonna to box. He's, Peterson is going to – he does both. He boxes. He brawls. He's a constant professional. Yeah. So for yep. Earl Spence and this fight – it's it's almost one of those. If Peterson win, he's back on the map and back as a as a, a a great contender. But you know, with losing, it's like okay, it's just a good matchup for Spence. Right. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't want to fight. I wouldn't want to go against uh, Peterson. So for Earl Smith to go ahead and fight, you know, to get this fight, this is the most impressive thing about confidence. this is the most impressive thing about Earl Spence to me. Is that he's not dodging anybody. He don't yeah. fight anybody. He's been in the trying division. to get Keith Thurman out there. He's been trying to get Thurman. He's been trying to get Danny Garcia. Anybody who has a belt, he's like Gennady. Yeah. He wants his belts. Yeah. And he, and he wants all of them. And honestly, I don't think any of these dudes want to see Earl Spence. Why would what, they? What he showed me against Kell Brook is he also can take a punch. Because he found that, himself he, he's got in the heart. deep. Yeah. The, I was just about to say, he found himself in the deep water against Kell Brook. He did. He sure did. And and he had the heart to to step up and get the job done. Yes, because that like, and it was across the water too. And it was across. This is what I'm saying. He's willing to go wherever to do whatever. Matter of fact, let's listen to what Earl Spence had to say uh, at the at the press conference. Earl, you've talked about wiping out the welterweight division. Does that mean fighting actively like three times a year? What does that mean to you when you talk about wiping out the division and being more active? Well, that means uh, staying active. Um, I haven't been active as recently, you know, um, you know, due to waiting. Was, you know, I had to wait for my title defense and things like that. And then, you know, I had a lot of guys, you know, not answering the call. 
You know, a lot of guys, you know, Al's and called these guys, these guys saying they're not, oh, um, they, the reporters mentioned my name, you know, they try to make an excuse, this and this, this and that. Okay, I have a belt now. I went over there and got the belt. So what's the excuse now? And I'm still calling, I have a belt and I'm still calling these dudes out, Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman, all these guys. He wouldn't be sitting here if, if, Keith, if the Keith Thurman or Danny Garcia or Sean Porter said they'll take the fight. You know, I shouldn't be a world champion having to call these dudes out. And Lamont Peterson answered the call like a real fighter and like a real soldier should do. So what do you see in 2018 for you? In a perfect world, what do you see for Errol Spence in 2018? <laughs> well, in a perfect world, I, I, you know, I'd be unifying with, 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 um, with Keith Thurman or something like that. Or, well, I want to fight three times a year. I'm going to stay active. I'm not going to wait on, you know, I'm not going to wait on anybody or, you know, you know, it's, Something you don't get back is time. You don't get time back. So I'm not going to wait around and be waiting on fighters to get ready. And, you know, they need to have tune up fights or they want to fight me in 2020 and things like that. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to wait at all. I tell you, man, this kid wants Ooh, to be great. Wait. And that's how you do it. You go out there and fight everybody, not this politically correct consistent. Yeah. You, you can't just like Gennady wants to do, but without the, fighting. Exactly. And the problem is with these guys who want to fight and who are good fighters, nobody wants to fight them. Therein lies the problem. Yeah. You're, and you're also, a, the punishment that you have to take to be great, let's just be honest about this in fighting, no matter if it's UFC, you know, boxing, any combat sport, the punishment that you have to take to be great, most guys aren't willing to take, especially since the model has now been laid out. For guys yeah, like for, Floyd. Who, who can fight once a, year, once a year, maybe twice a year, make it an event and make a boatload of money if they can put the characters and this and the other, yeah. that, that, which has nothing to do with boxing greatness. No. It has to do with getting paid, which I also understand, but that has nothing to do with being one of the greatest of all time. But then the boxing purists get ripped off, and then these guys run around town talking about they're the greatest fight, fighter ever, and they haven't really put anybody on their resume this kid right here is looking to put people on his resume and he's willing to put his belts on the line to say hey if you can take my belt and get it i'll give you the opportunity exactly but there's no reason for a guy like keith thurman and everybody else talking about what well, you got to earn it and all this kind of stuff no, no i've no. earned it i'm, I'm, I'm the champ. You know what? i'm gonna i'm gonna put it on the promoters too though because the promoters are 100 fight and then you know then you got these other guys that's talking about the ufc where the ufc is on every night and top contenders is fighting shoot what Twice a twice a month it seems like so but, it's like these dudes is uh I, I I really think that Earl Smith will put hands on one time. Wow. I, I think I, and that'd and, be and, a great fight and that would be a great too. fight because I love one time. Yeah, he's a I great fight. I love one time. He gets but, hit but too much one time, Smith, and, and you can't get hit Earl a lot Smith by this kid. Earl Smith. Earl Smith is to me is is more of a complete boxer. Earl, uh, one time is still trying to find, is still trying to prove that he can box and he, he can brawl. Earl Spence is is both. He's he's able to do that, in my opinion. Now, I would like to see Earl Spence go against a kid in Nebraska. Tell What's Bud Crawford. Crawford. I yes. don't think I personally Crawford's moving up to one forty seven, and I think he's gonna be in for a rude awakening once he gets there, um, because there's a lot of guys that it actually is. are on the level. Um, I need to see Crawford get tested. And that's this is my only thing about Bud. I love watching him fight, but I think he needs to get tested. And a guy like Earl Spence is actually a bigger version of Crawford, and yes. and that's a problem. Uh, you know what? And and same thing with a dude like Keith Thurman. It's going to be interesting to see. Now, to to the credit of Earl Spence, he's going out to fight everybody, and the credit to Lamont Peterson. 
Um, I'm interested to see what these other guys are going to do. And honestly, ring Russ is going to make play a factor when he finally gets his hands on all these guys that don't fight enough. Yeah. Right. Well, they're going right. to fight even if it's not ring Russ. You're fighting against a lower caliber fighter, which never is going to. No, 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 no. I'm talking about then when you do fight Keith Thurman, when you do fight Danny Garcia. These guys, I don't they think that Keith Thurman like has fought a in a year. Yeah, Keith he Thurman was hurt, time. Though. Yeah, he was hurt, but I don't know if he's been hurt for nine months. Yeah, he, it, he was. He, had, he it was a serious injury. Like I know that, it was but, a serious injury. He he got hurt pretty but, bad. So so even we give him credit for that. I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying that even when you fight a fight, if you're not taking fights and then you take a fight against a lesser caliber fighter, when you step in there against a good fighter, right, you can't perform like that's like going playing from major leagues right. to double A. You go down there and hit 400 home runs, you know. So it's it's they have to fight good talent. There's not a, a way to get around it to hold your belt. But now these guys are holding the belts hostage. And if they shouldn't, if they well, everybody's too scared to to lose that that zero on their record. Right, that, that mythical zero has become way more important than what it actually is. Yeah, because well, they need, they, being they undefeated need to take is it back just to the you haven't fought the right guy yet. I love the tournament style, take and it back and to I've heard style. and I've heard some rumors. Just let's talk about this because this is a split. Uh, 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 headlining card because Robert Easter Jr. is fighting Javier Fortuna on that card as well. I like Robert Easter on that uh, yeah. because he's got a, a big height advantage and a reach advantage, uh, and he's a good fighter. But um, they're talking about. I heard some rumors about uh, if Gennady handles Canelo in May, that they're talking about like the final super mega fight of both of these guys' careers being Gennady and Andre Ward. Yeah, they've been talking about that for a little while too, and I wonder if that happens. I mean, Andre Ward seems to me to be happy to be retired. Like, there's no, he doesn't come off to me like a fighter who's like, oh, I got to get back in. Blah, yeah, but blah, there's blah, a few blah, fighters blah. that said that he's going to come out of retirement and fight. And obviously, if they throw enough money around, he probably would come out. I mean, out. it's tough. How would you say no? Yeah, but how would you say? I no? mean, he's a fighter and he likes to fight. Andre Ward likes to fight, yeah, and so does Gennady. Like, yeah. <laughs> likes to fight. So, is that, and you know I mean? think that if it was a one hitter quitter, Gennady would beat him because it seems like Andre I Ward agree. needs to figure it out. And you would be coming off of that ring rust that you would not need to have when you fight a Gennady. Ooh, that's a good point. Over a Andre year and Ward a half. Is, yeah. I think, I think it depends on where they fight because if they end up really, fighting. Really? You think the location has something to do with it? No. I don't think anything to do with it. Both of y'all, can, can both of y'all be quiet for a second? Where they fight weight-wise. Oh. Both of y'all oh, okay. slow dudes sitting like, there on the phone <laughs> talking to y'all. Got rainy day fog in your head or something. Where they fight weight-wise, not where they fight geographically. He's not, he's not going to go fight in Kazakhstan. They, they, I, think, I think if they fight, Gennady's <laughs> fighting at 160 now. Andre Ward was the pound-for-pound pound king at 168, and then he moved up to 175 and was the pound-for-pound pound king. And you factor in the fact that he hasn't fought, that would be over a year and a half that he hadn't fought. Uh, coming back, trying to cut weight. The, the, the bigger weight favors the bigger guy in this situation because – as much as I love Gennady, I still say Andre Ward is a better uh, overall fighter. He's a better, feel, he's a better boxer. Like but if they're fighting, depending on what fight weight that they fight at, I'm very interested to see what happens. I'm, I feel I'm like Gennady interested. is one of the most complete fighters that we've seen in the last decade, at least. I mean, I agree, and I and I, and I, and I, and I feel I that way that, about Andre Ward. I don't feel like that I with feel Andre. That way Andre, about Andre Ward, Andre Ward doesn't have the knockout drops with him, and he, he beat, doesn't have the knockout, and he it takes Andre Ward. Four or five rounds to exactly. figure out. Yep. And, and I think with Gennady, Gennady comes in, okay, I'm trying to, you're going to have to fight my fight. 
with, with Gennady. Yeah, he's, he, he can punish you. He imposes his will. Yeah. But, and then but you're talking about him is... fighting a guy like Danny Jacobs previously, which is going to help him out because Danny Jacobs was about 220 pounds when he fought him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Danny Jacobs had, had a refrigerator on his back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I You know, I've... Uh, yeah, I, I hear what both of you guys are saying, but I I, I would know. take Gennady. So that's I'm all, most of the time I'm always going because he's a complete. I I just really have a problem with people not giving him the credit for being a. I've, I've been watching boxing forever, and he's a great champion, and people don't give him the credit because he could have stayed back there and fought with guys like Marvin Hagler, and that's hard for me to say. But he could he could he's a guy that actually could have probably stayed in there back in, in the day and fought with guys like Marvin Hagler. There's not a lot of the guys out there that you can say that about. Earl Spence looks like he might end up being that type of guy. I think so, too. Uh-huh. But most of the time, so these guys don't enjoy fighting enough. And these guys yeah. don't enjoy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and this is all a piece of being yeah. great. Floyd that's can say, big, that, uh-huh. Floyd can say that he's great, but you cherry pick fights and you didn't never put yourself to the test. You need to be battle tested. I mean, these guys don't battle. <laughs> you love railing on Floyd. Because he, because he ripped the sport off. He hurts the sport. Yeah, but he's done. Leave him alone. Yeah, but it's no, over. No, it's not over because he's still dabbling in there. Now they're trying to bring back a little McGregor number two. Uh, man, leave the uh, league. He just, he just raised the bar as far as getting paid. And, yeah, and that, that's what he did. And truth be told, he hurt the sport. Well, because he, he, he hurt the sport. I, I will say he did hurt the sport, but he raised the bar on getting paid as well. I just think that the, the, the reason that I never go full bore against him as much as I don't care for his – last 10 years of his work. You didn't care about his work. <laughs> the last 10 years. I didn't care for the last mm. 10 years of his work, more or less. Um, what I will say is when he was pretty boy Floyd, he was the best fighter in the world. Yeah, he's a good, he, he was, was a good fighter. He when wasn't he, when the he, best when in the he, world. At that point, he was he was one of. I, yeah. He was he was top he was five. He was, he was really, really good. And he cleaned out from 130 to 140 with anybody that was there. He cleaned them out. And those guys were good. He walked through uh, uh, Arturo Gotti and Ward. He walked he lost through to Castillo. He, he he lost to Jose Luis Castillo the first one. He, he won the second one. Yeah. Um. Some guys just that's all they have is a character. Then and and then oh, also in the world, just like with with pitching and and hitting, somebody has your number. It just somebody depends number. on on who. What day? It, it depends on what day. It depends on what the matchup is. And the thing is, is that from one thirty to one forty. Nobody had Floyd Mayweather's number. I don't care what anybody says. And I, I saw some absurd conversation, uh, you know, what if people were talking about how they would think Lomachenko would gave it to Floyd Mayweather at 130, no 135. Oh, like, y'all lost no your way. complete and total mind. He would, I mean, it would have been a competitive fight. I don't think neither – at that way, nobody would knock nobody out. But it would – hey, at least they would have fought. Floyd, 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 was, Floyd Mayweather Floyd used to knock people younger. out back then. And he was yeah. very Lomachenko fast. is not the type of like, guy that like look like this going to get knocked out. Extremely like fast. He was, he was. Lomachenko is crazy fast. And you see the Manny Pacquiao and Lomachenko. Manny Pacquiao is trying to get Lomachenko. I saw that, and, and I don't think Lomachenko want to go that route at all. <laughs> and and I saw people. <laughs> I see people. That that's actually how I ran into that arc, that conversation with people online because they were talking about the hypothetical of Lomachenko versus Manny Pacquiao, and everybody was like, "Oh, Pac's too old now." Lomachenko, give okay, it to him. That's what everybody keeps thinking, and then he keeps on walking through people. Lomachenko, Lomachenko fights at one thirty-five, maybe. So on you're talking day. about moving up to one forty-seven to fight Manny Pacquiao? You clean his clock. That's what I mean, you talk I, about him getting knocked out. I don't, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he won't clean his clock, but he'll beat him. I still think that he's got enough. <laughs> he's got just enough. What Lomachenko won't have is a ring experience advantage on Manny Pacquiao. Right. And you and you definitely don't have to worry about him quitting. You will not have to worry. He literally has shown you he's willing to die in the ring. <laughs> Knock me out completely. <laughs> I need to be 
put to sleep. And, and and he's showing you that by the fact that he's still willing to fight, even though, <laughs> truthfully, I would love for Manny Pacquiao to retire. I, I would, too. You know, uh, But he's still good, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and they don't want to give him... You know, this Jeff Horn fight, I'm very anxious to see this Jeff Horn situation now so that Jeff Horn can get beat up for his... Uh, I, I feel like I want somebody to beat Jeff Horn up just for how they cheated. Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, just Doesn't for how they cheated like Manny now. Pacquiao. You know, they're talking about Jeff Horn is going to fight Terrence Crawford, and I think Terrence Good. Crawford... Yeah, Terrence Crawford's going to we'll put the tips the on him. Probably he two rounds. <laughs> no, Terrence Crawford's another slow starter. But the thing is that Terrence Crawford is going to move Horn up. Is a slow... Bum. He's not even. If Manny Pacquiao he was, he was just a bully. Yeah. If Manny Pacquiao he he fought dirty, and if yeah, Manny Pacquiao uh, would have just went at him and just got him out of there, which he should have done. You can't keep carrying guys because this is the product of carrying. That's people. what happens when you carry people. Yeah. I mean, he hit Manny Pacquiao hard a few times. You could tell Manny wasn't in his top. He didn't take the fight seriously. Yeah. And and he, just disappointing. This whole boxing. Ladies and gentlemen, Angry Black has entered the studio today. Thank you. I'll He's be here all us. week. His name is The Icons. Next victim, thanks for joining us for the conversation. And get your stats right, bum. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you after the games. <laughs> Late. <laughs> Got him on that one. Oh, man, the ozone. Yeah, and then to hear you guys go telling me about Peyton Manning, I had to go back to this this thing. Ernie, I'm doing this for you. Guess what his third down conversion rate was? One and 14. One conversion in third down, and they're going to tell me how he made the difference of third down. Thank you. I, might, I rest my case. And I rest my case because Peyton Manning's going to come up the driveway any minute. Wait, dude, I was, with, I was just playing. With Wait, his, Omar his, said it was my his, voice we sounded like. With his ring. <laughs> and they're going to put it in my eye <laughs> and leave it in print. <laughs> It's going to say Super Bowl Bowl 50. Well, I got to tell my mom on it because I went like, hey, Hagler. Tell him, hey, mama, he let Peyton Manning do this to me. (laughs) (laughs) Give me my switch. (laughs) Yeah. Australian Open action going down right now. Uh, Some good matches going on. Rafael Nadal looks like the best player in the world. Again, he is the number one, and he looks like number one. (laughs) And your boy Kyrgios made it to the next level, right? Kyrgios seems like he's serious. He beat up on Joe Wilfred Songa, which I think is a good – he always plays well at home, though. He's in in Australia, and he always plays well at home. He has home field advantage, you know, basically the home court advantage simply because of the weather. Because they're talking about how all those guys out there hot, are struggling. Hot, hot. Like, there's 104 degrees out there. It's cooking. They and said, boy, I, I read something. Monfils? Uh, <laughs> Monfils. Oh, yeah, but he said that the weather, he felt like he was having a stroke. He said, felt like he had a mini stroke. It's just, Gail. Qu'est-ce qui se passe, Gail? <laughs> you know, he's going to get you. You know that. C'est mon pote. J'adore Gail, but I don't know if he's... Uh, I agree with him this time because they are saying that a lot of the players are having problems with. The I mean, it's hot. Now. I read. I read. Uh, 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 Bethany uh, uh, talked about it and said that that she heard that the on court temperature was one forty two at one point. Yeah, they said that once it gets up to uh, one hundred four like that, they have the right to suspend if it goes over suspend that, play to suspend play. And they didn't. Uh, and they didn't <laughs> because it was right at forty. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody got that work. Wow. Wow. That's that's a tough one, but it, it, this is turning out to be a good tournament. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Grigor Dimitrov is stepping into his own. You always have to watch out for Roger Federer, who I th- still think has not dropped a set. Uh, I actually really like uh, 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 Sasha Zverev, the young kid that we met, great oh, yeah. guy, and I think he's coming into his own. I think this is his year to break out. Really, because I, you know, when I look at him, the thing that I really feel like he needs to bulk up a little bit. 
in weather in weather think, like that that they're playing in now. I don't think that tennis ever. I don't think bulk ever helps you in tennis. I think that the lighter you are, I think you're a okay. The only the only time you run into a problem is when you start going five setters back to back. And I think that that kid, as young as he is, I don't know how old he is. I think he's early twenties or something like that. He's a he's just he's okay. It's not like a Benintendi situation where he's got to play for nine months. Yeah, six but months. being a thin person, I know how the the heat affects you because the heat really wears you down. It melts you literally, and on the court with that type of heat, it brings you. It'll take away your stamina. Yeah, they got an IV. The kid's a professional athlete. I think he'll be all right. He's uh, but but when you look at it, to your point, guys like Roger Federer and Dahl are thicker, if you will. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're stout. Yeah, yeah, they're stout, if mm-hmm. you will. They're, you know, they're still lean. But uh, but very very strong build on the women's side. A lot of upsets so far, but on the women's side, things are still moving along. Don't want to give too much coverage because we're still in the early rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, by the time we get on next week, I think it'll be a little bit more clear who the major players are. Um, but everybody's gonna have to deal with that heat. Everybody's gonna have to deal with SoCal heat in, in Australia. So it is what it is. Uh, your girl Ostapenko got upset. And what about uh, Muguruza? Muguruza. Yeah, is that how you say your name? I, I think it is. is. Mukarosa. Um, but it, you know, we'll we'll cover that next week. Um, yeah. Well, nice edition of the Ozone, ladies and gentlemen. Want to leave you? Uh, we're a little, a couple days removed from Martin Luther King Jr. Day, but King Day is always a special time. And uh, want to leave you with a quote from the Good Doctor. And it is life's most persistent and urgent question is. What are you doing for others? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Ozone. We're going to be watching a lot of sports this weekend, and then we'll report back to you early next week. You got my word on it. Talk to you soon. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the life. This is my